If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. What is the long-term effect of too much information? One of the effects is the need to be first, not even to be true anymore. So what a responsibility you all have to be to tell the truth, not just to be first, but to tell the truth. We live in a society now where it's just first. Who cares? Get it out there. We don't care who it hurts. We don't care who we destroy. We don't care if it's true. Just say it. Sell it. Anything you practice, you'll get good at, Inclu including BS. Uh, that was Denzel. Good old Denzel. Interesting. I thought that was great. Uh, welcome back to the Kate Daly Show. He was right on the money on that one. Uh, welcome back, and uh, I appreciate you listening in. Go to katedalyradio.com on Twitter. It's the Kate Daly Show. Also on Facebook as well, the Kate Daly Show. And uh, and there's just so much to say. We're going to say it on this show. I can't believe we're past the middle of May. I just can't believe it. It's just this year. Where did this year even go? I don't know if you're feeling the same way, but that's how I'm feeling. Um, I've got Susan Reeve with me. How are you? Hello. Really good. Good. You've got some great stuff. I, I want to get to it quick because there really is it's some fantastic stuff on uh, Candace Owens. We'll go there first and the Mueller and kind of talk about maybe what's going on behind the scenes right now, too. Uh, on your news break, wherever you're listening from, you probably heard a little bit about Trump in the media uh, where with impeachment. And of course, they're on that bandwagon again. And it's just getting it's just ad nauseum. Anyway, go ahead. I want to talk about because we, we've talked about censorship always. It comes up every week. But let's talk about Candace Owens and we'll head into Mueller and then 5G. Well, Candace Owens is a black activist. She's 29 years old. She works with Charlie Kirk at Turning Point. She also works for PragerU. And up until she was 27 or so, she was a liberal. Mm -hmm. And she said when she saw Donald Trump come down the uh, escalator and the news turned on him and started calling him a racist, she's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. I've always known Donald Trump to be like a cultural icon in the black community. Like mm -hmm. rappers made songs. Yeah. Yeah, sure. You know, praising sure, him. Sure. So she she started looking a lot deeper and she realized that the Democrat Party's policies weren't good for black America and that she started to promote what she saw as conservative policies that were healthy for black America. And lo and behold, that aligned her with conservatives. And so she became just under attack from mm -hmm. the left. Just incredibly. And we mean so. like, like literal attack. Like called a white supremacist. Own objects at yes, as a white supremacist, <laughs> yeah. called a white supremacist. Yeah. So she has been recently um, temporarily banned from Facebook because she wrote a post that said um, that. There is that wherever liberal policies reign supreme, black America is under threat. Abortion, illegal immigration, welfare traps, which encourage father absence. These are progressive policies that lead to regressive results for my community. Facebook is fearful that black people are waking up. Mm -hmm. And she said it just isn't. You know, yeah. and she got banned. And she said, so it's not an issue of white supremacy. It's a black of, uh, uh, issue of black supremacy. They banned her. Then they said, oh, that was a mistake when people said all she was saying was statistics and yeah. facts. Yeah. Right. Right. So now she has posted that an internal memo from Facebook has leaked. So somebody in there leaked it. It said they are offering extra credit to employees that can figure out how to segregate me from their platform to the brave employee who leaked this she says thank you to the lawyers that follow me is this legal i'm taking this very seriously wow. so it says a source at facebook told breitbart news that it maintains an internal list of quote unquote hate agents <laughs> to review for potential termination and that real candace owens is also included on that list in a separate category marked extra credit Extra credit. Extra huh? credit if you can get rid of these people off of Facebook. So and if you're if you're a Kathy Griffin or you're a politician that just says lies or you're Kathy Griffin holding up the the severed mock head of Trump, you're fine. Yes. If you're a black woman in America that's going, hey, wait a minute, look under the hood of the Democratic Party. They have been telling you lies all along and yes. you, you believe them. Please take a second look. Um, you're the hater. Yes. The, OK. And just she make says, sure I got that right. Yeah. Because she said, what about mm -hmm. the 75 percent of black young 
young men school age who cannot read at literacy level in California. Why are we not looking at that as right. a serious as, as supremacy? Somebody is doing this to them yeah. because that is not natural. Wow. And so they are fighting back with all they have. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, now somebody has leaked the truth. Mm-hmm. So now this is turning into a much bigger fight because this yeah. is really the truth of what's going on behind the scenes that there are hate agents. And as many conservatives know, mm-hmm. many conservatives have been banned from Facebook or Twitter from for yeah, saying yeah. just something. And still are. Mm-hmm. And sometimes reinstated and they're said, oh, it's a mistake. That right. was an accident. That's why we have to find something new because we can't be dependent on an organization yeah. that's run um, to to remove us. I mean, we have to. We have to be able to come up with something else. The only thing is that when we come up with something else, there's huge efforts to sabotage it. In other mm-hmm. words, people get True. on and start spewing really right. racial things that are vile to conservatives. Conservatives don't feel that way. I know. And so we always get the racial attack, but it's I, I don't I've never met a, a conservative who's actually a racist. Never. Before in my never life. in my life, because yeah. we inherently value people. And yeah. when people are valued. Mm -hmm. So now the fact that Candace Owens is Mm -hmm. able to hold this up as exhibit A, Mm -hmm. yes, now we're going on to a much bigger fight. And PragerU actually is suing Twitter. And I don't know if Facebook as well, but PragerU has got a lawsuit out there and other people are joining that lawsuit Mm -hmm. because it costs a ton of money to Mm -hmm. sue people. So there we have that. Anyway, let's talk Mueller. Oh, Mueller. So all of a sudden, uh, the Democrats have said, we want Mueller. We want Mueller Uh to testify in front of us in the House, in the House. We've got the power. We want Mueller. And Mueller has said, "Uh, there's a problem with that. And the Democrats are now backpedaling, saying, oh, wait a minute. We're not sure that we want him. Why? Because they might be asked a question. And the question that Mueller might Mm -hmm. be asked is this. Um, Mr. Mueller by a Republican. Mr. Mueller, did you go to the Oval Office on May 16th, 2017, because you wanted to apply for the job of FBI director? Doesn't the media say that? Yeah. The media yeah. says that. Oh, yeah. And he would have to answer no. Question. Mr. Mueller, was the mysterious cell phone you left behind in the Oval Office that day actually yours? And he would have to say no. But he left behind a cell phone. And what was that cell phone for? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, they start an obstruction investigation the very next day. It all becomes this huge mess. Mueller was there under false pretenses. Of course. And they can't have that coming out. Ah. So now they're caught because liars ultimately get caught up in their own web. They get tangled up in the barbed wire, caught up in their own web. And that's what's happening. So you will start to see them backpedaling and Mueller saying, yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. And Barr saying, it's fine with me. So A.G. Barr, who's supposed to be, you know, so Mm -hmm. disingenuously haggering for the president. Right. He's like, yeah, Mueller, go ahead. You can talk to Congress. And now there's stuff happening that they don't want him to testify. What's up with that? Start asking the questions. Right. So anyway, that's just interesting. <sighs> Take things that you never expect when you start to see people saying, come on, we want this. We want this. Okay, you can have it. Uh, Wait a minute. We expected you to resist. Yeah, we're not resisting. (laughs) It's Washington musical. It's just getting. It is the circus. The clowns are Mm -hmm. like, uh, we need to go fix our big red rubber noses. (laughs) Right? (laughs) All right. So, anyway. Oh, and the other thing about it's just Mm -hmm. come out that under uh, the spy gate where they Mm -hmm. were spying on the Trump administration and actually spying on a lot of their political opponents, the Obama administration. Mm hmm. That the Obama administration cut Situation Room's video feed during meetings on the Russia investigation. So Attorney General Barr is saying, you know what? This is very unusual behavior. Why would they be cutting the video feeds Mm -hmm. when other people should have been having access to that? And then he says, you start to realize a smaller and smaller clique of people were the ones running these investigations. And a lot Mm -hmm. of them had spouses who were on the other end of the investigation. Lots of very strange behavior that Barr says, this wasn't typically done. Why was this done? Over and Mm. over again. And um, 
It was handled at Barr, Barr stated this thing that's interesting is that it was handled at a very senior level of these departments. It wasn't handled in the ordinary way that investigations or counterintelligence investigations are conducted. It was sort of an ad hoc, meaning thrown together small group. And most of these people are no longer with the FBI or the CIA or other agencies involved, meaning they got fired. He says, I think there's a misconception out there that we know a lot about what happened. The fact of the matter is Bob Mueller in the Mueller investigation did not look into the government's activities. We don't know what the government was doing by hmm. by them collecting all this information. Right. Yeah. So all of a sudden now the seamy underbelly of all of this is coming to bear. <laughs> and Barr is like, yeah, no, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. And I'm an expert. He's an expert. Uh-huh. He, he held this position before. Uh-huh. And now. Now he's saying, yeah, wow, wow, the corruption, wow, the mismanagement. And it's just like somebody had so much of it, like teens had a party at a house and just thrashed the place. (laughs) He walks in. He's like, what the heck is this? Yeah. So oh, anyway, sure. there's there's that. And, and I want to finish this off with a little bit on 5G. We'll end up doing a whole hour on 5G okay. in the next two weeks. But Yeah. What was impressive to me is that Thomas Friedman at the New York Times said China deserves Donald Trump. He says it took a human wrecking ball to get China's attention. So he says we liberals did not deserve uh, Trump, but actually China did. Mm-hmm. That China, when we started creating trade with them back in the 70s, They were essentially supplying tennis shoes and then some electronics, but it was very kind of low, cheap China stuff. Okay. But then it turned into more high tech stuff. And we thought, well, let's just do the high tech. We'll just we'll just buy cheap high tech. Mm -hmm. But then it turned into spy stuff. And the spy stuff they're developing includes 5G and they are putting 5G all over the world. It it turns out it comes into play starting now. Actually, it's like uh, April, May. I mean, it was it's starting to roll out really terrifying. And we're, we're kind of the public is kind of slow on the uptake on this. Mm-hmm. And it says China under Xi, the president announced a made in China 2025 modernization plan promising subsidies to make China's private and state owned companies the world leaders in supercomputing, AI, new materials, 3D printing, mm-hmm. facial recognition, software, robotics, electric cars, autonomous vehicles, 5G wireless and advanced microchips. So, so now mm-hmm. it's a war. Well, yeah. Is it, a couple of years ago, uh, Putin did. A, there was a whole article on this, and it said, "Whoever owns AI in the future owns the world," and whoever owns this, this the, the, actually the the laundry list that you just read yes. is is who owns it's the breathtaking, world. Breathtaking, really breathtaking. Yeah. Thank you, Susan. Yeah. You have to stay in studio with me. We'll cover this okay. next subject from maybe a different angle. Be right back on the Kate Daly Show. sleep same here how about saving money i love it too well then you're gonna go nuts for the memorial day sale at best mattress save up to a thousand dollars on the brands you know and trust Serta, beauty rest tempur-pedic and now sealy and stearns and foster hi i'm dave mizrahi owner of best mattress oh and what's your take on interest hate it good because you get up to 72 months of zero percent interest here at best mattress home of the sleep easy guarantee Hi, this is Carl Lamar. You've heard me talk about Newbie Buick GMC for years. Well, please trust me when I say they have the lowest prices in the area. They work tirelessly every day to ensure that you're getting the lowest prices within hundreds of miles. Now, it's GMC Truck Month. For example, here's a new 2019 GMC Sierra 1500 Crew Cab Short Box Four Wheel Drive SLT in a beautiful quicksilver metallic color, and it is low. It's got Bluetooth, backup camera, heated seats, heated steering wheel, remote start, air-conditioned seats, navigation, 5.3-liter V8, 8-speed automatic. MSRP says $58,565, but not at Newbies. Right now, you'll save $11,582, your final price, $46,983. That's stock number 08377. Stop by today. Tell them you want to see that vehicle at Newbie Buick GMC on Convention Center Drive. Is this the year? The year you're going to retire? (laughs) 
It's so exciting until you figure out that... Medicare only covers so much. WMI Mutual Insurance Company has the perfect, simple, and affordable standardized Medicare supplement policy for you. WMI offers quality health insurance with personalized customer service and commission-free rates. For more information on the Medicare seminar and dinner, May 29th and 30th in St. George and Cedar City, call WMI today, 801-263-8000. Cash Valley Bank's a community bank, serving all of Utah. We draw from the adventurous spirit that first brought early mountain men and trappers to Cash Valley. Like Cash Valley, every community in Utah has a rich heritage, a history full of grit, hard work, and determination. Those adventures continue with the families and businesses that are carrying Utah into a future still bright with opportunity. We all have mountains to climb. Those mountains call, we'll be here. Cash Valley Bank. Mountains await. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. Just imagine an all-inclusive resort experience in sunny St. George, an 18-hole championship golf course, tennis courts, restaurant, swimming pool, and drinks served to you as you're lounging at the pool. Sound like a dream? It's reality at the brand-new nightly rental Bloomington Villas at Bloomington Country Club. These new villas are now selling starting at $399.9. For more info, visit BloomingtonVillas.com. Just got on the freeway. I'll be there in five. What if this was the last text you received from your teen? 11 teen deaths a day are attributed to distracted driving, and 93% of traffic accidents in Utah are attributed to human error. The biggest error here is believing that we are immune to the possibility. Join Dealer Collision in their effort to end driving while texting. When it's necessary, Dealer Collision will fix your car right the first time. Join the movement with Dealer Collision and tell your friends, save a life. Summer is just around the corner, and it would be nice to get your yard just how you've dreamed it would be. Beat the heat. Get a free design session today from Stuart Awning or the Barbecue Hut of St. George. One of their design professionals will come out for a free estimate and help you plan your dream yard. Summer's coming, so don't wait. Discover how Stuart Awning and the Barbecue Hut of St. George can convert any backyard into your favorite place to relax and enjoy family and friends. Call Stuart Awning and the Barbecue Hut of St. George today. Join us Wednesdays at 5.30 p.m. and Saturdays at 12.30 p.m. for the Foresight Wealth Builder Show. Brought to you by Foresight Wealth Management. Helping you understand the investment world. Hosted by local financial professional Ben Chappell. As he gives you working knowledge of what investments are out there, how they work, and things to watch out for along the way. From little saving mind hacks to more complex investment concepts. To help you put extra money away for the future. Join Ben Chappell Wednesdays at 5.30 and Saturdays at 12.30 p.m. Right here on St. George News Radio. Apple, Amazon, Google, great things can come out of a garage. And over at Garage Doors Only, we make sure your garage doors are in the best possible working order. We service, repair, and install garage doors and openers. Give us a call at 435-868-1200 or come see us at our showroom at 689 North Bluff. Check out our reviews by Googling Garage Doors Only. And let's make great things happen in your garage this year. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. And it makes a fiery ring. Bound by wild desire. I fell into a ring of fire. Listening to a little Johnny Cash for you. I uh, love it. Welcome back uh, to the Kate Daly Show. I want to discuss something. Thanks, Susan, by the way. Thank you for all that. Uh, Susan's here with me. And I, I, I want to discuss something kind of from a different angle. I've, I've tackled this topic with emotion, with morals, with values. And I want to tackle it from a different in a different way today. And um, I might not get to all the information, so I might have to do an additional show on this just because I think there's so much here to understand on, on what's actually going on. But on the, on the, uh, in the arena of abortion, this is obviously headline news. This is big news. It's being debated all the time on Facebook. And there's a reason for that is because a lot of people looking back now at the last 50 years are sort of wondering, what we did, how we did it. And, you know, I was even I was even looking back because something kept hitting me about trimesters. 
And I kept thinking, why do we have, who did that? Who turned it into trimesters? Because for the longest time in history, it was gestation. You had a gestation period of nine months. The baby was growing for nine months. And who turned it into trimesters? Because I found it, I always find it kind of intriguing what happens along the way to carve at something, to get something to be what it isn't anymore. And that was only part of it. And that happened because of a, a justice named Harry Blackbun. And Harry was actually like a Methodist. He, he, he was actually what they thought was going to be a conservative. Boy, have we heard this tale before. And he was appointed by uh, Nixon just in time for this Roe versus Wade. And they thought he was conservative. He looked conservative. He walked like a conservative, but uh, he wasn't. And he got in and he actually churned out some of the most liberal uh, cited decisions that we've seen. And he took great lengths to sort of say that the Constitution said certain things that I don't think it says and uh, that it doesn't contain. And so I want to take a look at this because this is really the crux of the case. And it's a, it really is something that people need to understand. And there's also another deep layer to this, too, that I'll go over at the end. That's kind of creepy. But uh, but let me let me start here. Roe versus Wade. When people think of this case, they think ruling across the country, which isn't true. Um, and they also don't understand why they came to the decision. So the United States Supreme Court held that a pregnant woman has this, and this is important, fundamental privacy right. Think about that. Fundamental privacy right. Derived from the liberty language. See how they can't say just derived from section one? They have to couch it in derived from the liberty language, because that opens it up to interpretation, of section one of the 14th Amendment to obtain an abortion. So, and then they said it had to be balanced against the state's interest in the health of the pregnant woman and in the potential life of her unborn child, which interests become compelling at different stages of pregnancy. So the state's interest in the health of a woman doesn't become compelling and therefore strong enough to support regulation of the abortion procedure until the end of the first trimester of pregnancy, they said, at which point the risks associated with undergoing an abortion are approximately equal to the risks associated with carrying the child to term and the state's interest in the potential life of the unborn. And this became about privacy derived from the Ninth Amendment and derived from the Fourteenth Amendment. Now, what's kind of fascinating about this, let me read the Ninth Amendment, because this is where they also cited privacy. This is what it says. There's only one sentence here. The enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. Okay. So enumerated rights, meaning the action of mentioning a number of things one by one. Okay, the founders were very concerned about mentioning rights because they didn't want they didn't want the government to think anything that wasn't listed they had control over. Um, and so they also took this from the 14th Amendment. Now, listen to the 14th Amendment, just this this a couple of sentences. All persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. Say Now, so far, they've mentioned you as a citizen. Remember that. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or, Im- or immunities of citizens of the United States. Then they switch to the word person. Nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny any person, see how they didn't say citizen, person, human, okay, within its jurisdiction of the equal protection of the laws. Now, he took that language and he basically decided that it said that a person isn't a person until they're viable outside the womb, which is in a nine-month gestation would be performing a miracle if you could do that under 22 weeks, 20 weeks, right? And But that was certainly the new litmus test that they wanted to put out there. And so what he did was, uh, good old Harry, he's the one that wrote the majority decision. He decided that he would couch these new terms and divide the pregnancy into three different stages so that he could determine and kind of put out there that the value of one trimester is not as good as the value of the next and the value of the next. Okay. Now, before this happened, it was gestation is nine months because most of the growth happens in the first 
trimester. Very vital, very important. If none of that happens, you know, you have all these other problems with pregnancy. So that first trimester was very, very important. But he wanted to make it seem less than. He wanted to make it seem like it wasn't as valuable, didn't really matter. Person really isn't a person. It doesn't matter what has been developed. It just really isn't a person. So he set the stage and in that delivery of that majority opinion defined these new three categories for pregnancy, which I found kind of intriguing because that information, it's harder to find. It's harder to find. When you ask, you know, when did the medical establishment establish it? They won't tell you that. And, and actually, when I searched and searched and searched and searched, it came to this definition. It was a political definition, not a medical one. Now, think about that. Not a medical one. This is a Supreme Court justice who was in love with the medical community because he was a, a lawyer for it for a while. But wasn't a doctor, wasn't anybody in that field, but wanted to determine when a life is a life. And if you go through history and you even look at the Romans even decided that a life was a life, that a life could even inherit, even in fetus form, in baby form, in the womb, it could inherit property. It had rights. They already had recognized it as a person and many countries do right now. But I found that that was sort of the the, the basic basics, if you will, of why the decision landed where it did. And that was on a justice that that sought to make sure that he convinced the rest of the liberals on that court. Um, well, it was really it wasn't at a seven to two decision. Um, most of the, and some of the some of the conservatives that he was right. Now, he couldn't prove he was right. He had no basis for saying he was right. He just figured that he was right. And it all came from, too, a case that's never mentioned, hardly ever. And that was the Griswold case a few years before Roe versus Wade. And it was about contraception. And it had to do with the director of Planned Parenthood. The director of Planned Parenthood, Griswold, was in the state of Connecticut, and she was giving contraception to couples. And they had, back in the late 1800s, had already passed laws saying that, that they were barring people from contraception, okay? And uh, what's the name of it? It was the, uh, starts with the see uh, the laws that came forward um, and and truly the state really had no business doing those laws Comstock laws anyway they had no business doing these laws but they went ahead and states started adopting them and Connecticut was one of the one of the hardest on this they basically said you uh, jail time and we fine you a hundred bucks if we find you giving it out she nonetheless Planned Parenthood goes into the state gives it out goes to jail pays a hundred bucks and they sue well, um, so th- that case basically said that derived from the First Amendment, I mean, they named all of the different amendments, right? And they said there was something in each of them that pointed to zones of privacy. Now, I know you're going a zone of privacy. What is that? It's kind of like a free speech zone. Uh, it doesn't really exist, but they think it does, so it does. So the Supreme Court got together and said that there were zones of privacy in which the government couldn't tell you what to do. What's kind of fascinating about that is that when you have, let's say, let's say, okay, they decided that they can't tell you um, whether or not you can have birth control in your bedroom, okay? And so this is what was sort of like enacting the privacy realm, a privacy zone. But I'll tell you this, your husband hits you in your bedroom, state gets involved, right? Murders you in your bedroom, state gets involved. So they really had very contradictory type of reasoning with this because what was supposed to happen was if you harm another, now you violated what was supposed to be privacy. Now that's subject to the state to come in and say, you have violated somebody else's rights. A husband violating a wife, a husband murdering a wife or a wife murdering a husband. You have now hurt somebody. But what they did was they basically declared it a privacy zone, meaning that Roe versus Wade could kind of rush in on the coattails six, seven, eight years later and basically gleam off of that same privacy and say that an abortion was private and that you didn't have to tell your husband later on. And that and that minors, they don't I don't they don't really need to, to, you know, because it's private, but they're contradicting themselves because you're harming another human. 
There's nothing private about that. And Rehnquist said so. He actually said there is no privacy in abortion. This is not a private act. Give me a break. But that's where we landed with it. And so Griswold, the Griswold case with the, with the contraception, they shouldn't have done that in the very beginning is really what the deal was with that. But they did. And instead of just removing that from the books, they took the big jump the shark moment to say that we're going to declare zones of privacy. They also kind of hearkened into the Second Amendment that said that, you know, no quartering of soldiers in your home, right? See, your home is a sanctuary, but it's only a sanctuary as long as you're not harming somebody else. They didn't allude to that. They didn't want to go there. And that's why they say the decision of Roe versus Wade and even Griswold was so flawed because the Supreme Court justices took it upon themselves to declare privacy on something that had nothing to do under the realm of privacy. Because as we all know, when you harm somebody else, now you're taking away somebody else's rights and especially with the right to life as that infant should have. And there are many countries where they say that 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 fetus, that baby, the second it's there, not just with quickening. See, with quickening, it was when can you feel the baby move? Well, that's because our equipment, you, you couldn't tell. I mean, you couldn't tell what was going on in there. By the time you can hear it, at 28 days, it's already forming its heart. So by the time you can hear it is a little bit further down. But that's how even Aristotle, even Aristotle said, and Aristotle, I'm not a big, huge fan of Aristotle, by the way. He's come out with some, some different stuff. But he even said it's the quickening. It's the, that's, when the, that's when the baby gets its soul. Now, I don't, I don't really agree with that. I think it's at conception. But, but that's when the baby gets its soul is when you can feel it move, even though it's moving and you just can't feel it. But they didn't know that then. So, so that's where the court even went there as well. It was that quickening. It was when you can feel it. But... They also declared by declaring trimesters, which is a really important part of this, by declaring the trimester thing, what they're basically doing is saying in the first trimester, it's not a person, it's okay. In the second trimester, now that's a little iffy because they sort of go on to each other, these trimesters. And so it got really convoluted as it went on. And the Supreme Court knew that it was going to, did it anyway. Be right back on the Kate Daly Show. the last time you felt that a business truly cared about you at Stuckey Family Pharmacy Sam and his staff work hard every day to make sure they put you first all of our decisions are focused on what is best for the patient not what is best for the pocketbook not what is best for a physician or a neighbor or a mom and our suggestions and recommendations will always go back to what is best for the patient we really care from taking time to understand you and your needs to explaining the medications you're taking and helping you understand why you're taking them Stuckey Family Pharmacy puts you first drop by and meet the staff at Stuckey Family Pharmacy they're just off Telegraph near Coles, or you can get tons of great information at StuckeyFamilyPharmacy.com. So the next time you're at Instacare or at the doctor's office and they ask you, what's your preferred pharmacy? Tell them you like to keep it in the family. Tell them you prefer Stuckey Family Pharmacy, where you are family. John Gibson, digging up history. The man who discovered gravity said the breakthrough came watching an apple fall from a tree. But he spent a lifetime chasing crazy theories. That after this. Want to get back that full head of hair you once had? Now you can do something about hair loss with Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to help you return to a full-bodied head of hair. Reveal for men and women, too, for all types of hair. 30-day money-back guarantee. Get yours at johngibson.com. That's Reveal for hair at johngibson.com. Click on the Juness button on the right. johngibson.com. Juness. Isaac Newton is remembered for gravity, not really discovering gravity, but developing the mathematical understanding of gravity and explaining it to very early scientists. But that was not his lifelong work. He studied alchemy for decades that a so-called philosopher's stone could turn base metals like lead into gold. He analyzed scripture, predicting the future from Bible prophecies. He figured out the dimensions of the Temple of Solomon, theorizing they held the key to unlocking the secrets of the Bible, none of which amounted to anything. But watching an apple fall from a tree, bingo. 
Isaac Newton's name forever remembered by history. I'm John Gibson, digging up history. He's the Bubba, you me Bubba. Hey, coochie, coochie, coo. The man, you the man. Hey, you think you're just such a baby boy? <laughs> Say what? Just look at you. Not one thing to teach me to speak well. A did you know that your baby's first year is crucial to his learning? Scientists have proven that a baby's brain develops much better when you read, sing, and talk to him in full sentences from the day he is born. He learns it from you. <laughs> no tickling, Dad. Once upon a time, there was a humongous shoe. It's okay if he brings out the baby in you. But remember, you need to bring out his mind. An early start. Now that's smart. A message from El Valor McCorvick Tribute Foundation and the Ad Council. John Gibson, digging up history. The man who discovered gravity said the breakthrough came watching an apple fall from a tree. But he spent a lifetime chasing crazy theories. That after this. Want to get back that full head of hair you once had? Now you can do something about hair loss with Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to help you return to a full-bodied head of hair. Reveal for men and women, too, for all types of hair. 30-day money-back guarantee. Get yours at johngibson.com. That's Reveal for hair at johngibson.com. Click on the Juness button on the right. johngibson.com. Juness. Isaac Newton is remembered for gravity. Not really discovering gravity, but developing the mathematical understanding of gravity and explaining it to very early scientists. But that was not his lifelong work. He studied alchemy for decades that a so-called philosopher's stone could turn base metals like lead into gold. He analyzed scripture, predicting the future from Bible prophecies. He figured out the dimensions of the Temple of Solomon, theorizing they held the key to unlocking the secrets of the Bible, none of which amounted to anything. But watching an apple fall from a tree, bingo. Isaac Newton's name forever remembered by history. I'm John Gibson, digging up history. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Hi there. Welcome back. You're listening to the Kate Daly Show. I'm talking from a different sort of different point of view, maybe a little bit more history on why Roe versus Wade came to be. Um, and I'm doing that because I don't think as a populace, even those that lived through this, um, are pretty well informed on how it came to be and who the majority Supreme Court guy, uh, Harry Blackman, who he listened to and liked and actually regurgitated in the statements for the majority. What I think is is hard to understand is how many leaps and bounds they took outside of the Constitution to interpret the Constitution on the 14th and 9th Amendment when they did Roe versus Wade. And that was Harry. That was Harry. He was the majority. And he actually kept messaging and making sure that these individuals knew um, that, uh, that, that he was right. And he has a very interesting... What did he graduate in in Harvard? He graduated summa cum laude. That means mm -hmm. with the highest uh, achievement right. in mathematics, which means if he was dividing up the fetus into trimester. trimesters, mm -hmm. he was using fractions, and then he was putting a value on each trimester. Yeah, That's what sure a mathematician was. does. You're boom. You're exactly That's right, what Susan. Mao did with people. He, he yeah. assigned numbers he to assigned people in, in, instead of names. Yeah. Yes. And never once did you hear that in the first trimester is where uh, the majority of the growth is, truly, because they, have, they, they grow, the what, 10 times growth. their size, yeah, yes. and, uh, and develop all of the brain, the spine, everything, the heart and so um by the time you can even hear the heartbeat i mean that's a little bit down the road from yeah. when it actually um forms and starts pumping blood through their system which is like 28 days i think so let me give you a little background because i know i'm not gonna have time to get into all of this but and i have so much more and i'll have to go into this a different day because it does bring up a good dialogue on privacy and liberty and how the courts defined both but um and how if they're one and the same so let me say this about harry 
um, his roots and what he based his decision on Roe versus Wade uh, coming from that. Um, like I said, he was a conservative judge, but then he turned very liberal when he got in. Hmm. We've seen that happen before. Okay, so there was a, a, a society called the American Eugenics Society. Frederick Osborne became president of this society in 1946, and he, and, and he was also put in charge of the Population Council. This is clear back in the 40s. There was a group organized, and it was funded by who none other than John D. Rockefeller. Isn't it always interesting how Rockefellers always crop up when we're talking about sex, birth control, uh, abortion, eugenics. all of these things, eugenics. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, horrid, horrid family. So in 56, Osborne, who was the president of the Eugenics Society, he addressed the British Eugenics Society, and he affirmed his belief in Galton's dream and, and proposed what he called the voluntary unconscious selection by changing laws, customs, and social expectations, which was absolutely, this was in 56, so you know that this was coming down the pike, and they were going to do everything they could do to do this. Lo and behold, they're the ones to accomplish this voluntary unconscious selection he advocated for the appeal to bring about the idea, which had not been cast before, as a wanted child versus an unwanted child. That's what they had to get through to the American people to get them to understand that. And this is what you'll hear from pro-choicers today. It was unwanted. I didn't want it. Therefore, I could murder it because I didn't want it. They're different values. But yeah, they wouldn't have a good quality of life because I didn't want it. Okay? So that has come full circle, hasn't it? So in 68, when a lot of people were believing that the eugenics movement had disappeared, it wasn't, Osborne published a book called The Future of Human Hereditary and uh, Heredity and an introduction to eugenics in modern society. And he asserted that less intelligent women be convinced to reduce their births voluntarily and in order to further both the social and biological improvement of the population. He used a euphemism for racial minorities by urging the contraception be targeted to people at the lower economic and education level. And so he also recommended that disguising the reason for making birth control equally available, he said measures for improving the hereditary base of intelligence and character are most likely to be attained under a name other than eugenics. Just don't use eugenics. Use any other name. This is exactly why they changed the name of the society a few years, a few years forward. But when he wrote when Harry wrote his opinion, um, uh, it was five years after Osborne's book on modern eugenics in a modern society, right? Black Munn's first four introductory paragraphs to his majority opinion on Roe versus Wade um, mentioned nothing about the newly decreed right of privacy. The whole crux of why he decided to put that opinion out there. It had nothing to do with privacy because honestly, privacy in that, I mean, it was a, it was a stretch, but he does state this, get this in the, this is in the majority opinion of Roe versus Wade population growth, pollution, poverty, and racial overtones tend to complicate, not simplify the problem. You think? Yeah. Do you, does that sound like privacy? He was concerned about a privacy issue here? No, not no, at all. No, not at all. Not it at sounds all. like he was really indoctrinated into eugenics. He directly cited the two men that were closely connected to the British and the American eugenics societies. Glanville Williams is cited twice. Christopher Teets is, is uh, cited three times. And then Lawrence Later's book, Abortion, is cited seven times in that majority opinion. And then the mystery about his curious opening paragraphs in row are solved because if you look at later's book abortion which contains panicked rhetoric of the following and this is what it contained the frightening mathematics of see here we go mathematics of population growth overwhelms piecemeal solutions and, and timidity no government particularly of an underdeveloped nation can solve a population crisis without combining legalized abortion with a permanent intensive contraception campaign wow so uh, Glanville, one of the guys cited in that opening statement by the chief Supreme Court guy, Harry, um, 
was a eugenic society. He wasn't chief, but he was the one delivering the majority. Was a eugenic society fellow in England. And before citing Williams and Roe, Blackman, um, the Supreme Court justice, would have seen Williams' explicit reference to eugenics, contraception and eugenics. And the problem doesn't even concern the limits of subs- of substance, uh, though this in of itself is sufficient magnitude. He goes on and on and on about how wonderful eugenics is. So then Blackman acknowledged the Catholic scientific view that life begins at the moment of conception, but Blackman relied on books and articles espousing the science of eugenics to back up his entire statement had nothing to do with what he was purporting it to be um, as far as the 14th Amendment and, uh, and, the, and the 9th Amendment. One book contained a subheaded, uh, subheading titled The New Eugenics, and it cites two men that can be described as maniacal eugenicists who were seemingly paranoid about a deteriorating uh, human heredity. So um, Blackman cited the article The New Biology and the Future of Man, and it says uh, artificial gestation, genetic engineering, and suspended animation, they constitute a new phrase in human life in which man uh, takes over the deliberate control of his own evolution. There's a, it goes on and on. But in March 73, two months after Roe was handed down, Osborne's American Eugenic Society changed the name of the society to the study of social biology. Remember, this is all funded by Rockefeller. Society of Social Biology is what they changed it to. And uh, and so I found that to be quite interesting. Um, I also find that when you look at anything for pro-choice right now, they automatically, is it is it Guttmacher, Guttmacher, uh, Alan Guttmacher, he was actually the vice president of the Eugenics Society. Did you know that that society is quoted almost on every pro-choice platform for the numbers, the fake numbers that they put out. They said a million point two were dying every year before Roe versus Wade. But then just magically, all of a sudden, Roe versus Wade goes through. And in that first year of 73, they only had 615,000 abortions, not a million point two. It dropped. That makes no sense because the providers went up. Right. Yeah. All their numbers come from this society. He was the vice president named after the vice president of the eugenics society. That's insane. Also, I wanted to mention that black, uh, black, I keep wanting to call him black bum. Blackman basically said that uh, and trying to define those three trimesters. That's a really important part of this because I don't think people realize when that came about, but it came about because of him when he tried to do that framework and the value of life and so forth. He also said that in his decision that it could very easily fall apart if they ever decided that it was a person in that womb, that the whole thing, Roe versus Wade, would completely fall apart. Wow. Yeah. He knew it, and he knew that he was taking liberties in the Constitution and interpreting it in a way that was too far out there. And and so just the recognition that we know that they do this again and again with cases, we know that they step in to reinterpret, not interpret, reinterpret to their liking. This is exactly what he did, and he convinced the other judge, justices that he was right. He just kept doing it and kept going and kept going, kept messaging them, kept telling them, no, I'm right on this. I'm right on this. We have to divvy it up into three so that the first part of that life does not seem very valuable. And lo and behold, if you go ask anyone today that's a pro-choicer, what will they tell you? It's a clump of cells. It's a clump of cells, the whole first trimester. You can totally get away with an abortion. And that's absolutely 100% wrong. Yet, that's what they're going to tell you. That's the excuse that they use because they wanted them to feel like that. They wanted them to feel like it wasn't a nine-month gestation, that there were parts that were less valuable than others, and that were, there was an appropriate time, quote-unquote, where you could get rid of it without any consequence. Well, when you look at the mental health of the women that do it, uh, you know, huge percentage, over half have depression, Huge percentage have problems having babies after that. I mean, none of that is disclosed. In fact, they even go to lengths to say, nothing will happen to you. You're totally fine. But I think with Blackburn, Black, <laughs> Blackman, 
if we don't analyze him and why he did what he did, and we had cases since then. In 1989, there was a landmark case. We've had cases since then that, that tried to to say, you know, personhood. And and by the way, I mean, it wasn't a ruling. They actually said that the, that they that they were subject to the state's laws, but but not in a case of certain things. Okay, that's what Roe versus Wade did. But different states have tried and have prevailed. Um, I think it was Missouri or Minnesota, one of them, I think it was Missouri, that, that actually put out that, that it was a person, that, that this was a human being. Because all along in history, even during Roman time, I mean, you go clear back, you will find that we already had talked about it as a person. It was a person that could that could get legal rights to property hasn't even been born yet um, that it was a person. And then and then they even would stave off the execution of women that were pregnant because it was a separate being. Right. Right. So if you go back into history, you'll find all of those things. But we want to think that the whole world has come to the conclusion that we have that this is totally OK and nothing's wrong with it and there's no consequences to it. That whole Supreme Court that 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 did Roe versus Wade knew exactly that there were going to be huge problems coming up with this and that it was fragile, just as Black, Blackman said, the whole thing falls apart if they ever declared a person. So on the heels of that, I just, when I, I, I have a whole other section on this that I would love to go over, but I found that when looking at this and when really dialing in, it was, it was so much about eugenics that this wasn't a court trying to decide for this one woman in Texas uh, what she should do, because initially she actually lied and said it was a rape. She lied. And by the way, rape is only 1% of the numbers, by the way. Um, but, and, and by the way, I don't know if people know this, 60 to 70% of the women that are even raped don't opt for the abortion. They don't. So the numbers are very, very low. And the number of deaths that even happen during an, a, an abortion um, or, or complications from an abortion during the time before Roe versus Wade were extremely low and declining, by the way. So when even, whenever they say health of the woman, uh, it's ridiculous because the year before, I think it was 24 deaths, 26 deaths. I mean, out of the entire nation, it was going down quite a bit. We had better health care and, and things like that, uh, better medicines. Uh, but... The eugenics component of this, Rockefeller's behind this, and his love for the people in that movement, citing them over anything else, using the 14th Amendment, using the 9th Amendment to state his case, when he had no right to do so. Because there is no privacy zone to which, when you hurt somebody else, there isn't a consequence to that. That's where laws do come into play. That's where limited government does come into play. You're hurting somebody. So, but they, they, they took that, they put it under the umbrella of privacy, and they said it was her privacy. It didn't even involve the man. Nope. Man didn't help in any way, I, I suppose. Um, and, uh, and now we had a, a death of a baby. Definitely hurting somebody else but didn't want to acknowledge it and also did not want to acknowledge that the baby is a person, even though crime on all levels uh, will tell you differently. But I found that kind of fascinating, too. So I will definitely do the rest of this because the rest of this gets into the truth about the numbers and the truth about the facts in relation to what pro-choice says today, because I really wanted to cover that. I won't have time. But it's fascinating to me because when you start to really wrap your brain around the history of this, it's a whole different angle, isn't it? Thank you, Susan. Thank you. Appreciate you. And uh, be faithful, be fearless. See you back here tomorrow. In the early hours after the tsunamis, it was ham radio that was on the air saving lives. Supplies are en route. Food is coming up in the convoy uh, about a mile and a half back. Roads are somewhat passable. When Florida was ripped by hurricanes, the hams were there. Okay, we'll deploy the communications volunteers as soon as we get to the area. We're about 30 seconds out. In the critical moments after the attack of 9-11, it was the hams who coordinated emergency messages. Copy number one. Message number one from Red Cross evacuation shelter. Can you hear us now? Antennas are up. Everything looks good. We are in communications with the Capitol. Ham radio works when other communications don't. To learn how you can become a ham radio operator, call the ARRL. Finally. 
a national media platform that focuses on what you stand for instead of telling you who or what you should be against. This is the Loving Liberty Radio Network.